Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. This is episode 84. Um, and 83, you probably haven't heard yet because uh, I have, have recorded it. It's all set to go. I had it ready to upload and then I thought better of it. <laughs> so I may soon post 83, but I'm, I'm skipping it for now. So 83 may, may happen out of numerical context, <laughs> but this is 84 and maybe there will always be a hole or maybe 83 will fill back in. But for now, welcome to episode 84. I'm sure you're not keeping track. I'm sure it's all fine. But uh, uh, just to let you know, there is a blog cast in the hopper that may or may not emerge <laughs> So today's episode is, uh, it's called Art, Entertainment, and SpongeBob SquarePants. And almost no one read this one. And I think it just has to do with like a weird, I made a graphic for it myself. And that didn't translate to Facebook so well. So I think people just didn't click on it because there wasn't a graphic. Like we are such a graphically organized world now that something as dumb as that can, can, it can just make things not come uh, pop, I guess. Anyway, um, but uh, here it is. You, you, there will be a better graphic on this one because I will not use my homemade graphic for the podcast as it clearly does not translate to the various media. Um, I found a Pixabay SpongeBob SquarePants image of a little plastic figurine in a fish tank. So look forward to that. If you haven't seen it yet, you're probably already looking at it. Anyway, so this episode, uh, let's just dive into it. It is called Art, Entertainment, and SpongeBob SquarePants. My friend told me about some friends of hers who came to see her dance performance and were clearly pretty baffled by it. She didn't take this personally because she understood that these friends of hers had no experience of contemporary dance or art in general. What was ironic about these folks with no art experience was that they were convinced they were dedicated art supporters. They went to tons of Broadway shows after all. They thought themselves very artistically literate. My friend tried to explain to them that Broadway wasn't so much art as entertainment, but they had no idea what she was talking about. I think most Americans would have no idea what she was talking about. We conflate art and entertainment so dramatically that it is sometimes very hard to distinguish between the two. I have spent my entire life in the arts and I am only now starting to work out the distinction. Art can be entertaining, and entertainment can be artful, but art and entertainment are not the same thing. I suspect that if you come from a country with funding and support for the arts, this distinction is obvious. The national theaters, state-granted and council-funded work are more likely to be art, and the shows and commercial houses are entertainment, done and dusted. Sometimes there's crossover, but mostly it's clear. Here, where we have no state theater, no national arts, there is little to no distinction. 
maybe at the margins you can find consensus. We might be able to agree that amusement park shows and cruise ships are entertainment and avant-garde performance in a gallery space is art. But as those two things approach one another, things start to get muddy. The distinction can be muddy for people who work in arts and entertainment as well. When you think of yourself as working in the business, as in show business, and the industry, as in the entertainment industry, you approach your work in one way. If you think of yourself as working in the arts, you are likely to approach it another way. Even if what you are doing is fundamentally the same. Context is everything. If I sing a song on a cruise ship, it is entertainment. Even if I sing it artfully, it is still entertainment. If I sing that very same song in a contemporary dance performance, it's art. Same material, same artist, different genre completely. For many performers, there is no distinction and no need to make one. And perhaps that's true for audiences too. But asking these categories to do one another's jobs makes for an anemic art climate. In a capitalist culture, entertainment consumes art, like giant multinational banks gobbling up local ones. Entertainment grows and expands, while art starves and diminishes. People start to expect art to make money, to boost the economy, to create an insatiable demand for tickets. And while that may work, for Broadway, for entertainment. It will never work for art. Art is not motivated by money. Art is after something else. Art is concerned with a dramatically different range of values. It won't be a good return on your investment. If it is a good return on your investment, odds are good it's probably not art, really. There are exceptions, of course, but very few. I am pretty clear that I am pursuing art. I enjoy entertainment as much as the next person, but art is my goal, my purpose, my raison d'être. I mean, true, there is no business like show business like no business I know. I agree that you can nowhere get that special feeling as when you're stealing that extra bow. Applause is exhilarating and intoxicating, and I am delighted to receive it any chance I get. But for me, applause without art feels hollow. I'd rather do without applause than reckon with that emptiness. And so we need to talk about SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. When I heard it was opening, I laugh, cried so hard at the absurdity of the world. SpongeBob SquarePants is not art. It's on Broadway. It is theater, but it's not art, y'all. Not even close. No matter how much the creative team tries to convince us otherwise. Tina Landau, former director of Steppenwolf Theater, art, writer of multiple theatrical works, art, directed SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, and in a promotional video declares that this show is what we need now. America needs SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, she suggests. 
Everyone on the creative team seemed to echo the sentiment of significance and importance in this video. Everyone was on message and seemed to be trying to convince us that this was a great artistic triumph. And maybe SpongeBob SquarePants the musical is amazing. The cartoon is entertaining, I concede. Critics seem to love the musical. It's not that bad, read one review that I read. But even if it is artfully done, it is not art. It is not important. It is not what America needs now. It may be what Tina Landau, formerly a director of art, needs right now. Like, she needs a summer house. So she's directing a mega show based on a lucrative, licensed cartoon figure affiliated with a multinational corporation. And that is fine. I do not begrudge Tina Landau being able to buy a house. Not many theater directors can do that, especially female ones. But I do begrudge her trying to convince us that SpongeBob is important. That SpongeBob is art. It's not. It's just not. I'm not saying it's not entertaining or not well done. I'm saying it's not art. And I resent every single piece of media that equates it with things that are actually art. I saw multiple Best of New York Theater 2017 lists, and most of them featured SpongeBob. And I didn't see any with indecent on them, which was the single most relevant piece of theatrical art I've seen in decades. SpongeBob is selling well and indecent closed. Twice. Entertainment sells like hotcakes. And art is food for the soul and awfully hard to sell in mass quantities. As an antidote to the entertainment-heavy world I live in, I've been reading the writings of Tadeusz Kantor, painter and theater maker from Poland. He sits firmly in the art camp. He rails against the stultification that can come from theater buildings. He bemoans the theater's move toward professionalism, toward codification and art strangulation. He would not be confused about the landscape we have here in America. He would not let the existence of SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, make him feel despair about his own work. His work has nothing to do with SpongeBob. And mine doesn't either. For me, the distinction between art and entertainment comes down to a simple question. That question is related to Cantor's history. During World War II, it was illegal to make theater in Poland. He did it anyway, in a basement, risking death for his art. The question I ask myself if I'm wondering if something is art or not is, would someone perform this in a basement in the middle of a war? Would someone put this on in their attic at great personal risk? I have a long list of shows I cannot imagine in a secret war-torn basement, and SpongeBob is right at the top of that list. So why is this important? Am I just splitting linguistic and categorical hairs here? The American theatrical landscape has always been thus. Let's look at 1922. Alongside the premieres of Six Characters in Search of an Author, The Hairy Ape, and The God of Vengeance were also plays called Hunky Dory and Hitchy Coo of 1922. There's nothing new in the crass work presented alongside the sublime. It is perhaps our national impulse to sit entertainment side by side with art. 
We once had national organizations to help foster and develop art. The Federal Theater Project in the 30s and the development of regional theaters in the 60s. But now, due to the alighting of categories and things like enhancement deals, a regional theater is much more likely to produce an entertainment than some art. There are very few places that foster the growth of art independent from the rules of the entertainment business. With no distinction made between art and entertainment, the boards of theater companies continue to make choices that privilege entertainment and the theater's bottom line, and there's absolutely nothing in place to stop them doing that. On a smaller, more personal scale, artists who make art are often made to feel that what they do has no value because it does not make a lot of money. Look at the concept of making it. Making it is a show business concept, not really an artistic one. But that doesn't stop every artist I know from feeling bad about how much or little they have made it. Without a distinction between the business and the art, artists will relentlessly beat themselves up for failing to meet criteria that has nothing to do with their actual raison d'etre. Artists can start to feel bad that they can't make a piece of work that America needs right now because they can't bring themselves to make something like SpongeBob. This could be mortally wounding to American art if we don't start to make some distinctions and some adjustments to the field. SpongeBob and Teodos Cantor's The Dead Class are technically the same medium. Naked Boy Singing and The Bald Soprano are both theater. Is it any wonder people don't want to support the arts? They think because they spent $150 a head to see School of Rock or Kinky Boots that they've done their bit, but they haven't. They've paid $150 a ticket to be entertained, and the arts continue to languish, unrecognized and underfunded. There is a sort of Venn diagram of art and entertainment. They overlap, for certain, but some things are clearly one or the other, while others sit squarely in the middle as both. We fund and support the entertainment circle, including the bit that overlaps with art, while the art circle is only supported where it overlaps with entertainment. This is not good for art, obviously. But it is also not good for entertainment, which benefits profoundly from that overlap. For the sake of our cultural health, we need to start making distinction so we don't let art get left behind. So I made a Venn diagram myself, and I posted it at the bottom of this blog, um, but that's the image that did not translate to all the various social media. So... You have to look at the blog probably to see to see the Venn diagram. Should you should you like? Um, yeah. So the song for the day is a an old ninety seven song. I, I think it it's because I have a an electric guitar now that I feel like I just want to play old ninety seven songs <laughs> mostly. Um, I, I think I don't know. Or just I may just be in the mood, but. Um, yeah, this is uh, an old 97s song. I do love the old 97s. Um, and, and it's super fun playing a new instrument. 
Um, so, you know, I think it's probably going to be a lot of electric these next few months. Although once I've sort of warmed up and gotten used to, to the electric, I'm, I will surely, there will be songs that are, are back on my acoustic, but for now I'm enjoying the, the possibilities that the, the electric kind of opens up. Um, yeah, it's a new, it's a new frontier. Um, so what do I want to tell you about this? Um, I'm not sure it's a perfect fit for the subject matter. Um, it's called a book of poems, this song. And the, the, the reason I felt like it might be a nice kind of ending here is that from, I think poems are one of those things that are, it's just so clear, like poetry is, is not, it's art. Poetry is just art. You know, there's good art and bad art, but it's just art. Like there's not, there's not like a, there's like entertainment poems and then there's art poems. Like it's just all, it's just all, it's either good or it's bad or you don't like it or you, whatever. But it, it doesn't have that same kind of, uh, there's not like a show business version of, of poetry as far as I know. Although poets, please tell me if I'm missing something. Um, so there is a way where, where there is a kind of a, um, an essential quality to, to poetry and and so this song is a little bit about like that hope that art or poetry can can do a job, like you know win you a a love or or save the world, um, and sometimes it just it's just not enough, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so yeah, enjoy. Uh, the book of poems. Um, oh, also, if you are wanting to hear the songs that are that show up here at the end of the blog, uh, they are three of the albums are now on Spotify. So if you look me up on Spotify, it's Emily Rainbow Davis. Um, I'm Emily Rainbow Davis on Spotify, and sort of in general, that's because it's my name. One, but two, there is an Emily Davis who I believe is from Australia who has been, you know, playing for years and years and uh, is already on Spotify. So I needed to, I was thinking I would, I was going to go with just my middle initial. And then I just was like, oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> and it sounds dumb. Emily R. Davis just is like, Bleh. but Emily Rainbow Davis is like, that's my name. So anyway, if you're looking, you can look for me on Spotify if you'd like to, or iTunes, if you'd like to download the album, or on my website, which I now have a website, guys. It's emilyrainbowdavis.com. Um, and I've, I've done, it's like fancy, sort of, <laughs> but it's got a lot of different stuff on it. So if you feel like clicking around in there, enjoy. Meanwhile, without further ado, this is Book of Poems by Old 97s. Uptown, 